that seemed to be the place to go. I, I went there with the Palace lads when I was at Palace. I went with the Norwich boys. I went with the MK Dons boys, to be fair. So a lot of football teams do go out there. you got the pool parties and nightclubs. So like, you spend £50 million on a nightclub over there. It's just an unbelievable place. All the best DJs are there. Everyone's just got a carefree attitude. There's never any trouble. No one trying to poke the nose into anyone's business. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, isn't it? This is what, how I felt like we were going into games, I just couldn't see us losing. With all the noise of however many thousand were there, it was just like a silent moment. I felt once I scored, it, it was silent. With City comfortably at the top of the table with a 10-point lead, the JPT final provided them the chance to build even more momentum and chase a historic double. Walsall stood in City's way on their first ever Wembley appearance. 23 different clubs have won this competition. This is the 32nd final. Walsall would become the 24th if they are to lift the trophy later today. Cup final, anything can happen. Gaffer was, was on it. Um, we were all on it. Um, we knew how much we wanted. I remember we went in the, the day before on the pitches just looking around and I, I think Gaffer made a speech. From that point on, I can just see, you can just see it in people's faces. We knew we had a great chance. Also, we're still a decent team. Um, we played them before and they're a good passing squad, but we knew we were better. Even getting to commentate for the club in the first place was something that I'd never been even thought would be possible. But then when you go, I'm going to be commentating at Wembley Stadium. And we, we went up um, the previous day and had a little like recce. We had a look in the dressing rooms. We had a look at the commentary position so we could sort of work out how it was all going to be set up and how we were going to feed off the cameras. And I was just sort of, I sat in the chair for a minute and you just think about all the great names of football commentary who've, who've worked there. And then, yeah, it was just it was just a dream the whole day, really. I mean, the, it couldn't have been more appropriate Flint scoring a header to get us underway. A little bit further out and it's in! Aidan Flint gets Bristol City underway! And it's the Robins who strike first in the Johnston's Paint Trophy final! Flint, he scored. I know that was no surprise that season with the number of goals he got, um, even as a defender. But you just kind of knew when he headed that in that he would be reminding people about that for many years to come. So I did have a little chuckle about that one. I think it took him to 10 for the season as well. So that was that was a really big moment for him. Six in his last 10 and it was a bullet header to get Bristol City underway. Another wonderful delivery from Marlon Pack. Outswinger, and it was an easy header from uh, Aidan Flint. If nothing else, you can't think of the 2014-15 season without mentioning Aidan Flint. Uh, how many defenders 
in history score, or centre-backs especially, score 15 goals in a season. I know he wasn't quite so prolific when he came up to the Championship and I think that's a shame because it wasn't like he wasn't getting chances. It wasn't like he was, you know, getting out-muscled or out-thought by defenders. He just, he was getting, he was, he was winning headers in the box from corners pretty regularly still, but um, for whatever reason, just wasn't finding the target. So I think everyone in that team to a certain extent has, has got a bit of cult status. It's definitely got to be up there at the top. Half-time then here at Wembley, Aidan Flint's goal. The difference between these two sides, a fine header from a corner. Walsall have it all to do in the second half. Bristol City on course to lift this trophy for a third time. At the break, it's Bristol City 1, Walsall 0. There was still 45 minutes to play, but City had showed their dominance. That being said, they still needed a second goal to really kill any nerves, and they didn't have to wait long. So Luke was out on the wing and he was messing around. I know from Botswana and however many training sessions I've had with him, he's going to get his crossing. Like There's no shadow of a doubt, he's going to get his crossing or he's going to get shot off. So all I needed to do was get myself Somewhere, somewhere near it. Luckily, it managed to fall exactly where it did. Freeman will keep going, looking for an opening. He's found one as well. It's a terrific save, but turned in by Mark Little at the second attempt. O'Donnell beat it for the second time. And Bristol City may very well have one hand on the trophy. It's a very hard thing to describe. With all the noise of however many thousand were there, it was just like a silent moment. I felt once I scored, it, it was silent. It's really it's really weird. And, and I was thinking, and I was running off celebrating. Like, you got to bear in mind, I don't score many goals, so like, <laughs> I don't do many celebrations. But I felt the lads took absolutely ages to get to me. Now, when I looked it back, looked it back, it wasn't. It was very quick. The boys were straight there. But at the time, it was everything was going in slow motion. And then I remember being really chuffed for Mark Little as well because, you know, he didn't get many goals. Although he was one of the most consistent players, he probably wasn't one that got a lot of the headlines. So for him to sort of be one of the heroes on a day like that was quite nice, really, and underlined the fact that it was a team. Whilst there were standout players, perhaps, there wasn't sort of, there weren't really stars in the team as such. I think it was, it was very much a collective effort. I remember talking to my close mates after the game, like when we even back to the when we were six or seven and we were playing in the garden. You always play Wembley and you always dream about scoring at Wembley. And even even when I became a professional footballer and even when I even got to the got to the, the cup final, you'd never believe that myself would be the person that scoring the goal. So I don't even think it, it was like a, it was one of my dream. It was it was a dream to come true, but one of those outrageous ones that you'd never ever think that would that would happen. And on that particular day, thank you, Luke Freeman. He put it on, put it exactly where it needed to go, and and that was it. Yeah, dream come true. Club captain Wade Elliott comes on for Bristol City for the last few moments of this final, and a standing ovation for Luke Freeman from the Bristol City supporters. If I'm honest, I would like to have been involved a little bit more in the games from a purely selfish point of view. Like I, I felt like I had a bit more to offer on the pitch than than sort of what I was what I was getting towards the end of the season. Like purely me itching to play. It wasn't like the team weren't playing well or they weren't winning. So I would like to have been more involved in those. And on a personal note, that was a bit of a disappointment. But everything else connected with that time was fantastic. It was absolutely unbelievable. And Bristol City getting ready to celebrate. Promotion the number one aim. And that will surely be achieved sooner rather than later. 
But the Johnstons paint trophy will be residing in the Ashton Gate trophy cabinet for the next year because Bristol City have won it. Aidan Flint with a first half goal. Mark Little early in the second half. And Steve Cottrell of Bristol City have won this trophy. It is finished here. Bristol City 2. It was quite a buzz for me because I went down pitch side at the end of the game and literally grabbed the players as they were coming off. So to kind of be down there looking up at this kind of sea of red and white behind that goal and grabbing the players like before they've had a chance to kind of digest it and just get their kind of raw emotion at the full time whistle was, was really great and actually very easy interviews to do to be honest because they're kind of full of adrenaline and they're talking and the interviews kind of take care of themselves whereas the, I can imagine if we'd lost the game you know they, they would have been far harder conversations to have put it that way but I think just seeing that joy on everyone's face and, and realising that for a lot of these guys it was the first time maybe the last time they would play at Wembley so whilst it's not the most prestigious competition if I can say that it meant a hell of a lot to those guys and, and that, that shouldn't be forgotten the game's finished we're running around my job is to go and find my first red wig so that's that's what I did got a rig got a flag going out to celebrate knowing that just I'm just going to have the best time ever now on this pitch and I clocked the big screen and my face was on it with the man of the match and then someone came and then someone came and presented the man of the match I, I kind of I got pulled away with, with Flinty as a goal scorer, but I didn't realise it was actually the man of the match. Obviously, that was another thing. I, couldn't, I Again, I just couldn't believe it, and it was just another thing that unbelievable that particular day. 40,000 Bristolians here today. I mean, you've said it before, but you've seen it with your own eyes today, the potential of this club. How special is it? Yeah, if you look at all these tiers and see it jam-packed, it's not a club that should be in the league that it's in. And the reason why I come here is I know that it's going places, going upwards, and that's the direction it's going since I joined the club, since since day one, we've just got upwards, upwards, upwards. So we've done the first job, we've got the cup, got a medal, and then I'm going to win another medal at the end of the season first way around with Peterborough it was kind of nerves didn't know what to expect I've, I've, I've played in playoff games I've played the playoff final at um, Old Trafford at that point so I've played in big games before but I never played in a cup final so that was the first time first cup final I'd, and it was just it just didn't know what to expect so it was all a blur now I didn't realize how much of a big deal it would be to the club and in my personal kind of um, record because obviously when I get spoke about from previous clubs it's always about the cup winner the, the with City it's the it's the it's the double winner and all of that so I didn't quite realize how big it was with Peterborough so it was just like right I've ended up at a cup final it's all a blur I've played well got an assist and and it was just like oh brilliant day and I thought that was my cup final days to be honest it was kind of I could enjoy it I could I could sit back, relax, enjoy it, notice what was going on, take everything in. There's no stupid nerves or anything. I, I, what's the worst what, What's the worst thing? Now you've got the taste for this. How much does that drive you on to go and win the league? Yeah, we, we've had it, we've had it all, all season. Uh, as, as you know, we've had it all season, the hunger. We've had our aims and uh, obviously we've, we've won this now. And obviously our, our next one's to go and get that promotion. So the sooner we can do that, the better. And the next stop in the promotion hunt takes us to City's fiercest rivals that season, Swindon Town. Of course, there was one man who really wanted revenge. There was definitely a score to settle, 100%, and you could sense that. I remember interviewing Wade Elliott for the programme, I think it was. 
because obviously he, he'd been a story of the first game. A normally weighty, you know, experienced player. He knows not to kind of say too much and he'll say the right things and maybe treat it as another game and all that sort of stuff. But he actually wasn't. He, he spoke so well about how much he'd been looking forward to this game. Normally they say, you know, they don't think about the next game until the last game's out of the way. But he, he made it clear that this one had been in their minds for a while. And I think you could sense that in the performance we did feel that was a little bit premature in November to be jumping around the way that they the way they were and oh, listen they were a good team and a lot of good players and they were they were well coached they had a really defined way of playing there were lots of lots and lots of things that I certainly respected about them but there was there was definitely a lot of needle between us one because of me personally because of the sending off the way they they celebrated after the game and the one or two of them were a little bit a little bit cocksure of themselves afterwards we were waiting for our opportunity and this we answered if we'd have won or lost the home game it would have been irrelevant I was absolutely desperate to play I've been fortunate in my career I've had some big games but there's not been many more games I've been more desperate to play in than that one and then I sat back and watched it and there was a real there was a real edge like, there was a real edge that night to the crowd the atmosphere to everything. I remember the build-up to the game um, because I put the music together. I wanted to uh, create some real tension and it, it was, it did seem like this was a proper grudge match. City were fired up for it and they were determined to put one over on Swindon after what happened earlier in the season. The music I put together, I, I think I played um, the theme tunes of War of the Worlds. And slowly and surely they drew their plans against us. All that sense of injustice and the players from Swindon acting like they'd won the league when they beat us in November, in, in November. it all sort of was pent up and it had finally come out. So the thought of getting beaten by them twice was unthinkable. Standing as the players were coming out to do their warm-up, they just had this absolute look of focusedness on their faces. And um, you could tell that City were not there to lie down that night. And uh, I pretty much knew that we were going to win that night just by watching the players and their faces and, and the way they were focused when they came out of that tunnel. And I just had that feeling that no matter what, the result was going to go our way that night. This is the one they've been waiting for at the start of a week which could define a season for Bristol City. A hotly anticipated M4 derby with fellow promotion hopeful Swindon. A date that's been on thousands of lips since a blood and thunder match at the county ground in November which sealed City's first league defeat of the season. Revenge is not a word Steve Cotter will be drawn on in the build-up to this one but you can be sure it'll be in the back of the City players' minds this evening as the Robins look to register their first win over Swindon in more than 11 years. It's been a really frantic start to the game, really high tempo, exactly what you expected, but it felt like the first goal, especially with the both home and away fans really pumped up for it, was going to make a massive difference. A big memory is that Frank Fielding save. I think sometimes we forget quite how good he was that season. Low towards the near post, saved on the line. It's another Frank Fielding special. And City survived. Well, how close was that? And what a fantastic one-handed save from Frank Fielding. The corner came into the near post. Smith, he just wasn't picked up. Needed a save and it looked like it wouldn't come. A big hand there from Frank Fielding. Trouble. City 
back. Here's Freeman. He's got options. Agard. He's got away. Agard! City lead is Kieran Agard! Ashton Gate explodes! And City strike first in the M4 derby! He's barely had a kick, Kieran Agard, but he is the man who got away and fired past Wes Botteringham. And it's City who take what could be such an important lead here at Ashton Gate. They put the video up recently of every goal and I, I can't watch it without sort of analysing my own voice, which is annoying really because I'd quite like to just look back on the season and enjoy it. But that Agard one, I always tried not to be a fan too much. Adam Baker was was quite along the same lines. You know, you wanted to be partisan. Obviously, you want Bristol City to be winning and scoring, but you don't want to be sort of Sky Sports fans over from back in the day, that sort of thing. But to be honest, with that Agard goal from that Swindon game, I couldn't help it. Such like euphoria and knowing that we'd gone up against the team that had almost become like the new Bristol Rovers, Cardiff and Swindon all rolled into one that season. I can't remember a time that we had quite such a bitter relationship with another local rival. For Brian, it will now. Brian might fancy this. It's hooked. Oh, what a strike! A second and perhaps crucial goal, and it's a beauty of a hit from young Joe Brian. And doesn't he just do it in the big games? Scored his first Bristol City goal against Bristol Rose in the Johnson's Paint Trophy, and he's done it again against Swindon in the M4 Derby. Might that just seal a huge three points for Bristol City in the race for promotion and the bragging rights at least for tonight in the M4 derby after 11 years of hurt. Plays in Freeman, pulls it across, Wilbraham! 3-0! Big stuff and sealed a memorable victory for Bristol City. 19 for the season for the captain and none sweeter than Mark. Three checks his watch, puts whistle to mouth, and it's victory for Bristol City in the M4 Derby. The first time in 11 years they've beaten Swindon Town and taken another step towards promotion, and they've done it in style as well. Aaron Wilbraham was the man to seal it with the cherry on the cake tapping home after good work from Luke Freeman and seal a comprehensive win for Bristol City full time here from Ashton Gate it's Bristol City 3 Swindon Town 0 It was a massive result exercising the demons of earlier in the season as the City players were determined to settle the scores and there was only one emotion that fueled this Definitely revenge. You put your anger in the right way towards how you apply yourself in that game. In that game, we were quality. I think I think it showed the, the difference of levels um, between us in that game. I felt like I was just going to score every game. And once, once you get into that kind of mode, it's, there's no better feeling as a striker. And I obviously had great service and people around me, like pace and power around me, which is what I need as a target man. And to get my first... Uh, 20 goal season, obviously I got 21 that year, but to score over 20 goals for the first time, again, Steve Cottrell told me I did, I'd do that from the start. Uh, seeing Steve Cottrell punch the air, turning to the fans and, and really clenching his fists, it showed what that meant to him and the club uh, and obviously the season as a whole. And it, it was just 
brilliant passion in the right way. Supporters tonight, my God, they were magnificent. But I'll tell you what, when they're like that, teams can't win here. They can't win. To round off the evening, another interview would really cement this result in city folklore. It was about to be sung on the terraces for years to come. With then Head of Communications Adam Baker away, Mark Perrow found himself at the heart of the action. Adam was actually away at that time and he usually took care of all the external interviews. So he'd somehow managed to book a trip that meant he missed the Swindon game. So that was bad timing on his part. So it was kind of down to me to make sure the players did all the external media and, and look after Sky and all the rest of it. I can't remember exactly what he would have said to me, but he, he probably would have said something along the lines of, just don't make sure no one creates a shitstorm. And then Flinty walks off the pitch and says that. Swindon player though, do you still want them to go up with you? No. No. I think at the time I was probably a little bit head in hands thinking, oh God, why has he said that? But actually it was brilliant. I think the raw honesty of it appealed to the fans and um, yeah, it was quite refreshing actually. And obviously he got the chant off the back of that. He was already loved at that point, but I think it really cemented his status as a bit of a cult hero with the club. And I hope that hasn't been sort of tarnished. laughing about it to be honest we all I think we all watched the game back that night and stuff and then everyone was just firing messages in the group chat like it's just laughing at Flint it's typical typical Flinty like but uh, it was just and then the fans came up with that song that was funny he's a bit of a strange cat to be honest he's quite an odd one to work out he's a really nice guy who like do anything for anyone but sometimes I just pretend to be grumpy and have this like stern face when really he's messing about and winding people up so yeah he's, he's a good he's a good character Flinty you end up almost getting a career's worth of, of good memories and good occasions you crammed it into six weeks. It was just, it was a, a ridiculous time. It was, you sort of were just rolling from one good feeling and one, one good atmosphere to the next. You can imagine how that just kept snowballing and the, the mood around the place and, and amongst the lads. It was trans, transmuted onto, onto terraces as well because I think the bond and the feel between the team and the, and the crowd at that time was, was really good. So, it was on to the next challenge. With four games to go, City could secure promotion to the Championship with a win against Bradford, a task they made light work of. It was a Tuesday night, it was miles away. It was only really our hardcore fans that kind of made that journey and that probably added to it a little bit. And I remember thinking, whilst I don't ever remember being worried about any games that season, to be honest, there were probably a couple, you know, the likes of Swindon away, Preston away, where a draw would have been a decent result. I might be wrong, but I think they were in and around the playoffs. So I remember expecting a tough game, but was still confident that we would win. Before the game, my hammy was was at me. It was just tight. And I remember Steve Cottrell saying, "You're playing, so get your head around it." He was he was quite good at that because I was I was youngster at the time, and you don't know your body as well. So sometimes you're like, "Oh, what's how's this feeling here?" And he's he's like, "No, nah, you're you're playing. You're fine. Get your head around it." And as soon as the game started, I was fine. So before the game, I was just worrying about my hamstring the whole time. That's one of the main reason, the main things I can remember. And then as soon as the game happens, I remember I remember Luke Galen's goal and just running and laughing at that. I seem to always score up north that season. All the Bristol City fans used to say to me, oh, we're playing up north this week, Albion score, it'll be fine. But I did seem to score at like nearly every ground up north. Scoring at Preston and going into that Tuesday game, we know that if we get the win, we're promoted. Everyone was fired up for it. And I think you could just tell by the way we started the game. 
victory the bus that you think here at Valley Parade will secure promotion and the Robin Tia Luke Freeman breaking clear into the path of Tavernier who shoots towards goal and surely it's in and it is and it's James Tavernier with a potentially priceless goal for Bristol City and he kick out a perfect lime shirt he can it's Brian and it's 2-0 and Bristol City surely now have one foot in the championship Kaling coming in field. He does well, Luke Kaling. Shoots from distance as well. Oh, it's gone in! Oh, would you believe it? And Bristol City are championship bound. Mark will take it. Flint is there! Oh, and it's four! It's absolutely emphatic. Here's Brian again inside the penalty area. Almost went down, he keeps his feet, here's Agard, must score! Oh, it's kept out, surely this time it's five! Bristol City are running riot! Oh, now here's Wilbraham throwing goal. He's got Agard with him, still Wilbraham, oh, it's six! And tonight just gets better and better and better for Bristol City. I'll be honest, we didn't expect to win 6-0. How often the 6 nils come about? To guarantee the promotion with such an emphatic victory was unbelievable. I still speak to Bristol City fans now and they still talk about that night and I think I gave my shirt to a young lad and he, I seen him at a different game and he reminded me that that was my shirt from Bradford and stuff like that. And people remember those type of nights and if it's a kind of, were you there that, like, were you there that night kind of moment. Yeah, it was, it was important that the fans got to enjoy that, the ones who travelled up, definitely. And the party was underway. All the hard work had paid off. City would return to the championship after two hard-fought seasons in the third tier. Steve Cottrell had worked wonders but remained focused. There was still the prospect of finishing as champions. To come away from home and score six goals and, you know, it could have been a couple more as well. I thought tonight, I thought we were magnificent. So I'm really, really pleased for all the boys. It's been, it's been a wonderful season, but we've got to finish off. We've got to win it now. Goals from all over the pitch has yeah. been typical of your team. Yeah, no, they've been brilliant. We've been expansive. We've played football. We've took risks. But you can hear it. I think everybody's really enjoying it. So we've got to be better Saturday now. Next up, the title. It's always been our aim. We're not going to shy away from that. It's always been our aim. So hopefully that's the case. I knew full well that just promotion wasn't enough for him, especially because we'd been top of the league for pretty much the whole season. So to let it slip and, and finish second would have probably left a bit of a sour taste in his mouth. And because that was the sort of attitude that he had, and that was part of why the team was so successful, because he was so driven not to be second best or to win the playoffs, but to be the best team. And I think even going beyond that, I think there's probably a tiny little bit of frustration in him that we didn't get 100 points that season because, you know, that's just what he was like. However much he took, he still wanted more, but that was what drove the players. So yeah, it was no, it would have been no surprise to me to kind of hear him say that because I just, I knew that was his mindset from the start. While key figures of that team have moved on since, it's good to reflect on what Aidan Flint, Joe Bryan and Marlon Pack gave City that season. 
I'm going to see if I can uh, get Aidan Flint. Aidan, you're, uh, you're live on the radio. Aiden, Hello. What, what a feeling this is, eh? Yeah, great feeling. What a, what a performance and what a win to uh, secure promotion. Yeah. And you even uh, did what your, your media manager asked you to and, uh, and went and celebrated after that goal. Uh, yeah, well, I was in the camera. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. Um, I was in two minds, but delighted to get on the score sheet again. I'm pleased for the boys. It's a, it's a great win, 6 0. Oh, it's what, what, what can you say, really? And, and how excited are you in Championship football next year to test yourself at a whole new level? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's, it's been everyone's aim since the beginning of the season to uh, get approached to the Championship, but we've, uh, we've got a massive game on Saturday to, uh, to win the Championship, which is, which is, which is even better. Um, I'm sure the boys won't take our foot off the pedal until that's uh, secured. Today, I think we showed showed what a good team we are in the fact that we, we went on and we scored and we scored and we scored and we didn't finish until until we'd sort of really put them to bed. And you're going to be a championship footballer next year? Yeah, that's that's something something I've wanted we've wanted since all of us wanted since first of July when we came back since since we got relegated a couple of years ago. Those of us who are here and and we've achieved that. But now now we want to go on and we want to win the league. I've said it before, you know, to go through. The season that we've had so far to, to, to win the JPT and gain promotions, you know, sometimes players go through a 10-year career and don't get anywhere near that. So for a lot of our boys to do that at such, such a young age, it's great. It's a great achievement and it's what we set out to do at the start of the season and to see that fulfilled is absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday now. As weird as it is, I want to soak these celebrations in, but you know, we'll definitely go again on Saturday and make sure we get that, get that championship. Certainly, the, the way that the players have been reacting tonight, that pretty much everybody has, has said, no, it's about winning the uh, the league on on Saturday now, and, and, and that's the kind of focus that, that Steve Cottrell's drilled into them. Absolutely, and uh, you know, in, in a way, it would be very disappointing now to get promotion without winning the title, um, and because we deserve it, I, I think we deserve it, and uh, I don't think these guys are going to let up. They're going to want that trophy, and uh, they they get it, I think, and you know, and that and that's the thing. 60 years we've been without a trophy. Uh, you know, we haven't won a league for 60 years. Because um, we have got the JPT and obviously, but you know, to win that league, 60 years, 1954-55, Division Three South. I mean, it's history. That's you know, way in the back in history. This is now. This is given putting something else that we haven't had before, and it's just what Bristol City need to do. It needs to keep building. Just five days later, City will return to Ashton Gate with a chance of getting their hands on that elusive league title. A 0-0 draw against Coventry sealed their status as champions, with Preston dropping points at Port Vale on the Friday night. City were champions, but still wanted to finish on a high. It was a bit more relaxed in those last couple of games. Having said that, performances didn't dip in any way, but I think the reason I'm saying that is because that Walsall performance probably did underline that kind of relaxed, almost carefree approach by that point. They were having fun. They were enjoying it. They'd done the hard yards and they'd loved every minute of that season and they didn't want the season to kind of fizzle out. They wanted to do something special on that final day, I think. And it was just that sort of day, everything came off. I felt a bit sorry for Walsall because they had some decent young players. They had a good manager in Dean Smith, I think, was still there at the time. But it just kind of showed what we'd seen all season, that that team was so strong in that league and, and no other team could really live with Bristol City. And yeah, I think they probably did make a conscious effort to try and finish in a memorable fashion because it would have been a shame for such a brilliant season to fizzle out. All the people who were there that day witnessed you know, something really special. Which takes us to the final day where City took on Warsaw once again, who were desperate to spoil the title party. But it was another showstopper from Cottrell's Reds, a performance and scoreline that would write itself into City history. Nobody will ever forget that day.
Flint with a goal to his name last weekend, but they're not going to look into the middle this time. Here's Freeman, deflected, and Flint's there again, and it's in! Well, it's six foot six. You don't expect him to be scoring on the volley. Characteristic uh, casual run-up. Pokes it into the corner. Playing Agard here, wasn't the greatest pass. Agard slots it in, and City regain the lead. Back, he's got a chance. Makes it four. Now, Emmanuel Thomas, what a strike! That is absolutely superb. The box all the way through. Flint again. Flag stays down, and it's the second of the day for the six foot six centre back. Time. Burns and Flint into Hattrick. A momentous day is getting even better. Agard, could it be eight? It is. Here and Agard adds another. This is getting silly now. only regret about the whole Walsall day was getting Flinty a hat-trick and the fact that he did it with a back heel as well you're never ever going to live it down but that even that's a good example so Flinty's hat-trick goal came from a corner that we'd worked on all season I used to go short and I'd take a touch and then I'd back heel it to the taker and it's a corner loads of people do and we scored from it at Fleetwood away at Fleetwood just before that game I'd gone short I'd got it and I back heeled it might have been Freezy that took it to put him in so the next time we we did it, I would make the same action as if I was going to back heel it, but I'd dummy it and I'd I'd cross instead. And we'd we'd ran through this all season, we'd never ever used it. It was just that sort of season where everything we did was would come off eventually. So we we worked that corner and Flinty's a great guy, he's class. But you can imagine what it's like. Every time you see Flinty, he scored he scored fifteen odd goals and he ended up scoring a hat trick. You never ever hear the end of it. The, uh, the players have re-emerged now from the tunnel. Uh, they've got uh, banners and flags. The obligatory uh, "We Are the Champions" playing in the background. Ed. It was brilliant, and it was always my dream. When I first started at City, putting the music together and doing the PA stuff, it was always my dream to one day be able to play Queen "We Are the Champions" because we were the champions. And obviously, being able to play that that day—that was actually the bit that, that touched me the most because obviously all the fans joined in, all the players joined in. Um, as they would but um, yeah it was just being able to play that it was kind of like I'd, I'd achieved what I set out to do and obviously not me getting the promotion as such but to be able to play that song was just that was the moment for me had my operation I couldn't move my right arm so I was kind of trying to join in with all the celebrations but not too much that I was getting knocked about and I wasn't sliding around the floor I wasn't able to over the trophy that was that was kind of my, mem my memory the, the last game of the season was it was just a beautiful day everything went right again Flinty is off on off on fire and I had to sit there and kind of watch which was it's, it's very difficult for any footballer I, I, of course it my, my memory was I wanted to be a part of it but I'm very grateful to the fans none of the fans were like oh well, you didn't even play that game little it was you've had a massive part here all the staff spoke to me like that and and i'm really grateful for that and my teammates were obviously they didn't even 
teammates don't even batter an eye. They know what I was capable of. They know exactly what I've done for the team. So it wasn't any different to them. Whether I was playing right wing back or I was sat in the stand, I was still treated the same by the boys. So it was, it was just like we said from start to finish, it was it was just a brilliant group of people who achieved a lot. Wilbraham was prolific in the 2014-15 season, finishing with a tally of 21 goals. Having spent three years at City, where do the Robins rank amongst the 11 clubs he has played for? been asked this uh, a few times off my friends and stuff like who would you say the best club you've played for like the best group and on top and I said listen obviously I've enjoyed the Premier League spells with Norwich and Crystal Palace but I've got to say Bristol City has been the best club I've played for just because of everything really just the way it went from start to finish at the age I was at and probably people didn't expect me to be there for three and going into a fourth season so and winning the league but yeah it's just unbelievable. Still Southampton fan. I go around and watch them as much as I can. I go to the cup final and it, it means a lot to me. But then I'm getting the trophy and you're seeing grown men crying and you realise how much it means to them and sort of how much the, the fans love that team and love that season and the good memories they have of it. And it, it, it just amplifies everything and becomes even more special. So to go and go and lift the trophy on behalf of them and, and everybody else and, and the club and, and the staff and that be the culmination of all the all the hard work that's gone on over the year and you to sort of be the one who's privileged enough to encapsulate that in one moment, that was a massive privilege for me. I'm glad to say that what a special moment. The trophy goes up. For the fourth time in a few weeks, the celebrations begin. They've led from the front for the best part of eight months, enjoyed their longest start to a league season ever, done the double. As I was lifting it, I got a lot of champagne in my eyes, so in every picture I think my eyes are closed. So I just wish that I'd managed to prep that a little bit better and that I'd, my haircut was a little bit was a little bit more on point. But apart from that, it couldn't have been any more perfect. We decided we were gonna change the music we played just before the players came out. The song that I suggested was uh, First Steps by Elbow. And David said, well, why this song? And it was one that um, they'd used in the Olympics in 2012 in London. Brilliant piece of music, really uplifting. First steps into a new era at City. So we ended up playing it. First couple of games, a few fans were, what the hell's this? Where's, you know, the old Kill Bill theme that we used to play? But eventually it, it almost became a bit of an anthem for the season. I remember on the open top bus parade, I was on, there was two open top buses and I was on the second one and as we came down towards uh, the, the amphitheatre down on the harbour side I remember hearing uh, first steps playing at the big PA system on the stage it just it sent shivers down the spine I had goosebumps Elliot crossing low burns Ashton Gate erupts Wes Burns has won it for Bristol City Brian, can't bring it down. Brian, it's over the line, sneaks in, and there is Bristol City's equaliser with six minutes to play. We deserve to be there. We deserve to be top of the table, and we deserve that game today. There was only one team trying to win it. You know, they were trying to stop us playing all the time. Still not away, ailing off the line and poked home. I don't know where he's swimming, but it's another ingenious celebration from Bristol City. Thomas, they back away, and that's as cool as finish you're ever likely to see. 2-0, 11 minutes remaining. Supporters tonight, my God, they were magnificent. But I'll tell you what, when they're like that, teams can't win here. They can't win. 
Fred Cunningham's been on the field less than 60 seconds and he's smashed Bristol City into a two-goal lead that should surely seal the points. Got options, Agard, he's got away. Agard! City lead and it's Kieran Agard! Turn around and it's in! Aidan Flint gets Bristol City underway and it's the Robins who strike first in the Johnston's Paint Trophy final. Six goals, six of the best for Bristol City. And Stuntman flying up to the championship. The Bristol City fans singing a few moments ago, we're just too good to you. And I guess after all this time, only one question remains. What really happened in Vegas? All of us went, 90% of all of us went. It was like another pre-season tour. It was like at, when we were away pre-season, we had we had uh, Donna Donna Venables was our, our kind of the lady who looked after our passports and made sure we all got to the right place all the time. Aaron Wilbraham took that took that role and made sure everyone was there on time and everyone had their money and everyone had, like 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 kids on tour again. And we went away and it was yeah it was unbelievable. We again we were it was like we were, it was like we were back in Botswana like we were all looking after each other. We were all having a great time. No one really knows who you are out there because English footballers, they're not really bothered about them, bothered about movie stars and basketballers and stuff. So it's just, you can kind of just let your hair down a bit more than you could say if you went to Spain and everyone's like knowing who you are and stuff. So I think that's the main reason a lot of footballers go over there. But, and just for the DJs and the pool parties are classy, guaranteed the weather. But um, no, they, they, we've always enjoyed a trip out there, the boys, and I think the boys have been gutted we couldn't go this summer, to be fair. And it shows that it, we had such a good period. We do it. We do it again regularly now, every year. There's still there's still a group every single year. Well, apart from this year, COVID stopped that. But other than COVID, we all get together. And whether it's a whether it's a wedding or whether it's a, a stag do, whether it's a trip to Vegas or a trip wherever else, like it, we all stick together. And there's a reason for that. It's like we are really, really close friends, close on brothers, rather than oh, it's my, it's, this is my teammate. I don't I don't really like him, but I work with him. But I've got to do wow. There's absolutely none of that. There's none of that. We all we all loved each other to death, and we'd run through brick walls together. And that's exactly what we did on the pitch, and that's exactly what we did in Vegas. So <laughs> if certain lads needed carrying home, then they got carried home. It, no one got left behind. So. So, yeah, that, that's my, my memories from it. We tried our best to get some juicy stories, but I guess we'll never know. Thank you very much for listening to Doing the Double. A lot of hard work went into this, from sourcing the interviews to editing the script and audio. So if you want to show your support, spread the word. Let people know about this podcast and interact with us on Twitter. We are at BS3Talk.